0: All right. Hi, everybody. We're back with another episode of the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. This is Jay Nathan, and I've got today with me a very special uh, friend, Christina Locke, who is the CEO of Catch Talent. What's up, Christina? How are you doing today?
1: Hi, Jay. Thank you for having me today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been excited to have this conversation with you um, because the world has changed so much in mm-hmm. multiple ways since 2020, and uh, Christina runs a talent agency. So, actually, why don't before we go any further, Christina, why don't why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about what Catch Talent does, and sure. then we can uh, then we can jump in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So, yes, Catch Talent. We're Essentially, technical recruiting firm. Um, you know, we specialize really though in all facets of positions for growing technology companies. So that could be human resources, operations, customer success, finance, you name it. I mean, our bread and butter is the you know technology portion of that company. Um, but our team has been so great at being very well versed in all aspects of recruiting for those those companies. So um, really, it's it's nationwide. You know, you said after twenty twenty, it really opened up for us. We recruit across the nation, and we like to say, I mean, we're um, kind of putting the puzzle pieces together, identifying what the wants and needs of a company is and then the wants and needs of a candidate or job applicant and making those, you know, a hopefully harmonious, uh, match. And, and that's really, you know, what we are super passionate about is growing companies and really changing lives. I mean, you know, we're, um, we have that purpose. That's our why. and, And we really do feel like we change lives and we, we make that impact in, you know, kind of everyday business.
0: I love it. I, some of the best, um, Experiences that I've had as a, a manager and a leader in, my, in the roles that I've had over the years have been working with leaders, with HR teams and recruiting teams. I, I'm so passionate about recruiting in a way because it's in a way that's you're actually marketing and selling who you right. are as a business and as a leader and trying to attract the very best talent and get them excited about what you're doing. So yes. um, I've always appreciated my HR and recruiting partners, no matter that's what business same. I've been in. <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's pains of (laughs) heart. That's right.
0: All right. Well, let's get to know you a little bit more personally. So I got an icebreaker question for you. If there was a Jeopardy category that, you know, you're on Jeopardy, what's the, I can't remember the guy's name who hosts it now, but he's, he's going through the categories and one comes up and you're like, oh man, yeah, I've got that nailed. What would that be for you?
1: Yeah, no question and I I assume this is a jeopardy category or could be um but I would say friends the, the series friends. Okay. I, I mean, I if there's nothing on in the background I turn on friends and it just lightens my mood, you know, it, I'll still get a laugh out of it. Now my kids are old enough that they understand the humor. Um and it's so relatable <laughs> to like everyday things, you know, I'll be like, remember that Ross and Rachel situation and um so that I would absolutely brush that.
0: That is hilarious. First of all, well, what's really funny about that is that somebody else gave that exact same answer oh, funny. Like two <laughs> podcasts ago, but it's okay. a really good answer. It's funny. My my kids will go back on Hulu and Netflix and watch old series. Like, I think my daughter's actually been through the whole Friends
1: the whole oh, thing really? as
0: well. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's coming back around or, or it never it really is, left.
1: Which is kind of, I guess it dates us, right? Like that was in the 90s, <laughs> 30 it, years now.
0: It doesn't feel dated to me, but. I, yeah. guess, uh, I guess it is a little bit. For sure, that's cool. Well, if, if so, for mine, I don't know. I don't consider myself to be that much of an expert in any one thing. But since we're on like TV and and movies and that kind of thing, I'd probably say Top Gun. Like I could go back and tell you pretty much everything that happens in that movie, yeah. um, maybe every word of it. But you know, you can ask my kids if I if I quote the movie when it when it comes on. So
1: all of us have one of those, right? One of those movies you can quote like, <laughs> every word. You know, every scene.
0: That's right. That's right. Cool. Relevant
1: to the newest one too.
0: Oh my gosh, so good. So good. And it just won a big award too. So that's yeah. that's pretty cool. All right. Well, let's let's jump in and talk a little bit about the labor market and the job market. So you see a lot I mean one of the cool things about where where you, you know, where you play in the market is that you do get to see across a bunch of technology companies and um b2b probably b2c companies as well. So just from a macro perspective, I know we've we've heard a lot about layoffs. We've heard we've seen a lot of our friends have been laid off at different right. companies, but um what do you see in generally in terms of the of the of the labor market?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's you know, I think if you scroll on LinkedIn, it's every other post is about either someone's been laid off or they're referencing a layoff. So it's, it's, there's no surprise, right. That that is hugely impacting, you know, our business, the business of our clients. Um, What's interesting though, is the most recent job report um, is that uh, the unemployment rate is still at a five-year low, which is so um, difficult to wrap all of our minds around because you see all these layoffs and then unemployment remains very low. And what that, what we see is, and candidates that we've been working with get snatched up very quickly. So it's, it's not that they're staying unemployed. Of course, being laid off is, is, you know, it's detrimental. It's very emotional and, and all those things, but there are still many companies hiring. And, um, I think LinkedIn has done, you know, just in, and I think we'll probably touch on this, you know, later in the, in, in our conversation, just that, there's been so many great stories of tagging people or there's spreadsheets that you can put your information in and those individuals find jobs within two to three weeks, you know, if, if they're being active out there. Um, So I, I saw a great quote and I, I still do believe this is the case that, that what's affecting wall street right now is not affecting main street. And mm. so a lot of SMB organizations are still actively hiring. They still, you know, want to have great talent and, and have open positions, so it's it's a little bit of this like reshuffling, and and there's no there's no question, there's no mystery that you know the the fang companies, the Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, all overhired the past two years, and so I think this is just a little bit of a course correction.
0: So so do you think, as I hear you talk about that, I mean, when you look at the the market in in general, like yes, there's five year low unemployment, but how do you feel about the tech sector? Specifically, do you feel I mean it feels like everybody overhired just a little bit in the tech? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so where do where do where are all these people gonna go? I guess from right. your perspective.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of it and and there's no doubt that a lot of that overhiring, you know, recruiters were affected, internal recruiters. I see, you know, yeah. a lot of like the operational roles um that were affected in tech companies. And so a lot of them honestly that what we're seeing is almost like a reskilling. They're kind of putting, hanging up their recruiting boots or, you know, whatever it may be. And they're finding other roles that are similar, that are still actively out there, like maybe enterprise sales, or, you know, there's obviously customer success and human resource positions that are still open that are very closely aligned to, let's say a recruiter role or a different sort of position. They're just taking those skills and and sort of moving into a different job. So, That's that's a huge shift right now. And and I think companies are becoming more open to training versus, you know, especially I think if someone's willing to adjust their compensation, you know, based on that. I mean, salaries were wildly inflated. Uh, We saw that um, past 24 months. I mean, just absurdly inflated, you know, to the point where it was it's hard for small businesses to even afford someone in tech because they're getting, you know, an astronomical West Coast salary, um, so I think we're seeing that adjustment and and that is allowing for candidates and individuals to say, hey, this is my time to maybe take a, a sidestep or a step back and go into a different field or, or a different position.
0: Yeah, I, <clears throat> I once in my career took a role that was in basically a lower comp band than the role that I was leaving. Mm-hmm. And it was painful at the time when I did it um, but now I look back on it, and it's one of the most important things that I've done in my career because it it actually introduced me to a completely different function that I had been involved with peripherally but never owned, right. And now it's part of, you know, my skill set as a as a leader. It, it's part of that. So I think it's a really important opportunity. but a lot of people have a hard time of thinking about going backwards, right? So what right. advice, what advice do you normally give them when those kind of conversations come up?
1: Yeah. You know, I think it's a lot of it is just realizing that, and I'm a big believer, right? If you're, if you're working for or interviewing with a great organization, the opportunities will present themselves. And and I've had those situations. I've taken a step back financially or in my position. And you realize later on, like you said, what a huge opportunity. So I think sometimes you know, there are things happen for a reason, you know, to kind of, you know, redirect where your passions are, or where, really where your career is supposed to go. Um, and I think as we're guiding them through, it is the bigger opportunity within that organization and, and referencing maybe someone that we've worked with that, hey, they, they came in at this role, and they were a manager. And then shortly thereafter, they got back into that director role. Um, and titles, I think sometimes are so, you know, they could be one thing at one company, you could be a director, and oh, then yeah. you could be a a manager or a lead at a different company. So I, I try to also coach candidates not to dwell on titles so much.
0: Yeah, that that uh, that is absolutely for sure, especially if you're talking about earlier stage technology companies who, you know, th- there are very few standards <laughs> around titles and roles. I mean, we, we deal a lot. I mean, this podcast is, as you know, very much about customer success and the variability and just the, the the different roles and customer success alone is, is massive.
1: Exactly. Yes. I think that's, you know, really then digging into the day-to-day responsibilities and, the upward mobility, um, and the autonomy of that role, you know, should it be a leadership position or or whatnot, is not focusing on whether it says manager, but, you know, what is your impact to the organization, and, you know, who are you reporting to, you know, who do you, whose ear do you have, I think, at any given point, Um, so that's really, you know, as we coach candidates, you know, through that journey, you know, that, that has a lot to do with it. So, um, hopefully that, you know, addresses sort of the concern, you know, a lot of times there, but it's about the individual too. Some people can't get over that.
0: Yeah, no. And there were probably points in my career where I wouldn't have been able to get over it either. Right. I, I sort of got forced into it and not not in a bad way. I mean, I was, I made the decision myself, but the the comp going backwards was something that I didn't even realize was going to happen until, and they didn't even think about it until after the fact. And it was like, okay, that hurts. But mm-hmm. again, it was one of the best things. That I could have done for my career. It was an investment in myself, right? So, I think over the past couple of years, my observation is that um, people be careful how I say it, but people really took you know advantage of of the opportunity to to make more money because they knew they were in constrained, you know, place in the market where there wasn't a lot of people who were wanting to do the kind of work that they could do
1: for sure i oh. mean multiple offers counter offers i had never seen so much of that in my entire career and i've been doing this for 20 years both internally and agency where yeah our candidate would would come to the table with four or five offers and and that was just not really heard of you know yeah. um for, for a very long time so you know i think any sort of call it just um sort of settling the dust a bit i think is yeah. uh, is okay and i think that you know, we'll be better on the other side of this, just like any, you know, call it our word, right? I don't know if we're entering one or everyone's talking about it, but, you know, I think that there's definitely a lot of that on the street right now and and companies are yeah. putting their ear to the ground. So.
0: Yeah. So you always wonder if it's a self-fulfilling prophecy or, sure, I or, uh, or if it's real. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it will be real. I mean, by, by the metrics, there is a very, very concrete definition of what a recession is and what it is not. So. Yes. Sorry, I just said the word. I know,
1: know, it's okay. We're (laughs) locking the (laughs) woods.
0: So um, as you look, as you scan the horizon and you sort of look across all the companies that you all work with, where are you seeing the most demand right now for for different types of roles?
1: Yeah, interestingly, and there's no, I mean, there's no surprise that technology positions continue to be in high demand. You know, any product company, any SaaS company, they're going to need technical folks to develop the products. I mean, there's just no way around it. Developers, you know, cloud engineers. Um, But interestingly, on our side, and and we work, you know, across many different verticals, as well as geographic locations, we're actually seeing a lot on the operations side. And and when I say operations, not, you know, know, on that software development lifecycle, if you will, it's, Enterprise sales—you know—you have to obviously sell your product in order to generate revenue. We're seeing a lot of enterprise sales, uh, kind of operational finance positions. Um, I have a call later this afternoon for customer success. I know it's a big part of your, you know, following as well. So we are seeing—it's almost like a lagging um, sort of indicator, if you will, where those critical needs and and definitely companies are being very specific about the positions that they're hiring for. And we're seeing a little bit of like cross-pollination. So you may be in that operational role, not just doing um, human resources, you could be doing recruiting as well, or you're not just doing customer success, you're also doing a little bit of BDR. And I think that's just sort of the tightening of the purse strings, but, you know, like that, that cross training a bit, um, a lot of companies are looking for at least the aptitude or the willingness to do a little bit of both positions.
0: Yeah, that that's super interesting. I want to dig into that, but I want to go back to something else you said too, about these ops roles. What My interpretation of that is that companies are trying to get smarter with how they're working Mm -hmm. I think our definition of scale up until probably six months ago was just add more people and continue to get bigger, but that's actually not the definition of scale, right? Scale is doing the same amount of work with fewer resources over time. So it's about moving away from a linear to more of an exponential impact model and productivity model. So that to me explains some of the the focus on these operational roles that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Is that sort of what you're hearing?
1: Oh ab- yeah, absolutely. I mean, when when you think about you know any size company, but especially those that are continuing to flourish, um, you know maybe not recession proof, but but certainly durable during this time, they are very much looking at that you know exponential growth and what positions are going to be super critical. And you know a lot of times they may be in different phases of their product development to where they don't need engineers. They need folks on the street or they have a client base and they need customer success. So I think it's, it's dependent on the company, but certainly we're seeing, like I said, kind of that lagging um, indicator of what we, we saw last year.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Um, and then the cross pollination is interesting too, because it's on one hand, it's more productivity because you might have somebody doing two different types of roles. And and we've even consolidated in, in our company, we've consolidated some of the responsibilities from one team into another team. And I think that's fine, but um, it's interesting that you're seeing that in other areas of the business as oh, well. Yeah. So um, I don't know if you have any other examples of that, but that's really, really unique.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, you could call it um, even within finance, right. Where they maybe had multiple people within finance, they have their controller doing the accounting, you know, I mean, I think yeah. there's many examples of that. Um now, the benefit, I think, too, because I had a I had a position like that at my former company, which was a software company, and I handled all of the operations essentially. That was such a great learning experience for me because you know, I think as you get to larger and larger companies, you're you get very much in a swim lane. It's like, don't cross over the swim lanes, right? Yeah. Um, but if you have a role that is a bit more encompassing, it can sometimes feel like, oh, they're just putting more on my plate. They're giving me more responsibility, but maybe seeing it as an opportunity to, to learn more about the business and have those skills for later on.
0: Absolutely. The um, To me, like when you work in a bigger company... It, I, I used to work at Blackbox. That's where Chad Right, and yeah. it, it was it was a pretty big company. I mean, multiple thousands of people. And what you find is that you get these functional silos, and people get really good at what their function is. But as you progress in your career, and if you want to take on bigger and bigger leadership roles, you have to figure out how how you could play a part in making those functions work well together for the business outcome and for the customer outcome mm-hmm. that that you're looking for. That's a that's a skill set all of its own, right? Anybody can get good at. Well, I shouldn't say anybody, but it's easier to get good in a silo, right? Yeah. But how is that sort of, so those are good opportunities, I guess, if you have an opportunity to, to go beyond just the one, the one silo and look, you know, sort of be aligned with an outcome. seems like a great opportunity.
1: Oh yeah. And, and I, mean, I think it it carries then, you know, it's a resume builder. I mean, it carries into, um, you know, future opportunities and examples and like, as you, if you ever are searching again, right. Or even moving into leadership. So I always think it's good to be pushed out of your comfort zone. You know, many people, I think like to know what they're doing every day. I think getting out of your comfort zone offers growth. It offers, you know, just a, a, an opportunity for you to really look within and say like, what do I really want to be doing? Right. Um, so or you can decide it's not you know what you want to do and and find another position so there's there's many yeah. options there.
0: I mean people have so many more stops in their career than they used to. It's not like if you try something you're stuck with it for 30 years like it used to be and then you retire, right?
1: Totally. And I mean think about post COVID. I mean it's it's like hey, I work in tech, I want to stay in tech and do marketing in tech and there are maybe 20 companies, you know, back when you know 10 years ago, and those were the 10 companies that you could work for. Now you have your choice of, I could be hybrid. I could be on-site at a Blackbot or, you know, a benefit focus, or I could just be remote and work for thousands of different companies that are offering fully remote. I mean, the world, they, there will be a like point in time when someone looks back at, you know, what changed the world from a job market and, and labor market. And this will forever change, you know, how we build teams, how we search for jobs. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I know maybe many people don't think about it. They're like, Oh, it's cool. I can work from home. But as a talent acquisition nerd, I'm like, this has forever changed our world in terms of hiring and building teams and building companies. And it's, I mean, I, I sometimes worry about, you know, the, the impact, especially with Gen Z of being fully remote. I mean, this is my personal box. Like I don't trust, 22-year-old Christina, sorry, to be percent remote. <laughs> this is me. I'm not saying anyone else, but I would not have, I, I, I just don't think that I would have grown as quickly in my profession if I were totally remote and not having other super talented people and mentors around me.
0: It's a really good point. And by the way, 22-year-old Jay was probably way worse <laughs> than 22-year-old Christina. But so I agree with you entirely but actually you what you just said is really interesting because there are companies that are adjusting to that new reality and then there are probably companies who are not so what are the mm-hmm. do you see contrast between some of these companies that are that have embraced it and said hey like this is the way the world is going to be moving forward versus the ones who are, who are a little bit more stuck in in the way things used to be is there, is, is that a thing
1: oh it, it definitely is i mean we have a mixed bag of clients that are very much they have to be on site five days a week and then we have those that are on the other side of the spectrum where they can be remote anywhere doesn't matter where they live you know we're totally open I think there's definitely um pluses and you know minuses to both I will say my personal thought is that hybrid is the uh the new competitive advantage if you can offer hybrid A lot of um, when we were and we actively interview recruiters for for Catch, they want want hybrid. You know, they want to be around people. I just happen to have a job that's very communication centric. And so if you have to always pick up the phone or Slack or, or whatnot, you're also not necessarily hearing the person next to you, how they're talking through a situation. And so I think certain roles... Totally can be remote no no question about it, but I do feel like there are certain positions that you benefit much more from being around other people
0: uh, I mean sales, sales business sales. development, customer success, support mm-hmm. like imagine I I, rem- I I remember my days of sitting back in a cubicle at Blackbot or other places and just you learn yeah listening to the person who's on the phone on the other side of the wall
1: totally and what
0: worked and what didn't.
1: Yeah. And, and you, you made a really good reference. I mean, you know, think about my parents, they were at their jobs for 30 years, plus not making a move. I mean, I think the loyalty, um, also is in question a bit, you know, where it's just not as strong. Like I'm not having, I'm not going over to Jay's house and having a barbecue with his family. You know, I don't, I don't know him in a personal, we, we talk on zoom and he's my manager, but I've never met him. And I think that you, candidates can get plucked a little bit more easily when you're fully remote. And there's not that, Hey, I walk into the office every day. I see my friends, we go out to happy hours. Um, So I I just feel like there's going to be a a chasm of just individuals that it it will make that shift to more of that hybrid is the competitive advantage. Otherwise we're going to continue to see just a lot of things that are are not going to be fixable in, in a fully remote environment.
0: Yeah. It's uh there's, it seems like there's a continuum there's uh, always good with the bad, right? Like if you're in person, you get the benefit of the, the cultural right. bump, the re, you know sort of the strong, maybe stronger affinity toward the brand and the people. If you're fully remote, then you get the ease of recruiting because you can recruit from anywhere as long as people are willing to work yeah. whatever hours you need. But then on the flip side is how you retain those people for the long run. Are they really loyal to you? So well, that's calculus. Yeah. That's, yeah.
1: And I realize mine is probably an unpopular opinion, um, but it's, it's, you know, sort of what it's absolutely what we've seen in the past few years. And, you know, I mean, we have a, a pretty strong pulse on the market. So yeah, there's, like you said, there's benefits and um, opportunities with, with both situations.
0: I th- I think it's a really, I was actually telling somebody today, I, when I joined higher logic, it was in 2000, July of 2000, right in the middle of the pandemic. I didn't have the luxury of meeting everybody in person, although I had met a lot of people in person before I was lucky because yeah. I consulted with Higher Logic. Right. But, like you think about starting a new job, building a team, um, you know, trying to understand dynamics of what's happening over in this pocket of people versus this pocket, like doing all that remotely makes this very, very, very difficult. <laughs> so difficult. it's a lot of work because you have to, you have to be on Zoom calls all day. Like, yeah chasing after information and and trying to understand. It's it's a different ballgame.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, as managers, you're trying to figure out like what's going on. Maybe someone's acting a little off or something's going on, but you're not there. You know, I mean, we had a situation with one of our team members the other day and, you know, their father was ill in the hospital and we're like, go home. Like, don't just turn off your computer, focus on your family. But, you know, how are you supposed to know that if you're remote, if they don't open up about it, right? You, you make your assumptions, maybe they're interviewing or maybe they're just not happy here, you know? So I think it was one of those, like, we saw her visibly upset, you know, and it, it finally came out. Um, You know, so I think some of those things, like, you just can't get over, over Zoom or yeah. you know, just on a on a virtual basis.
0: Yeah, it's it's a, uh, it's difficult. It's harder than it's ever been. Sure. Um, so one of the things that is, is sort of interesting about you you see it when when times are good, when there when there's, you know, I guess when the labor market is tight and you also see it when the labor market is plentiful. And by labor market I mean the the people who are looking for jobs. Mm-hmm. um you see a lot of complaints about companies not providing a great candidate experience they are you know quote unquote ghosting people right. um you know it, it seems like there's a, some operational gaps in in how they handle people who who show an interest from a customer experience perspective I always think of that as detrimental to the brand or maybe even a brand perspective yeah right? because those people are, are could be advocates for for the company too so what do you see in there? Is that is that a trend that you've seen? Like, how, how do you advise your customers to
1: yeah, it's, not behave that way? Gosh, I mean, it's like the age old, unfortunately, you know, with recruiting and interviewing, that is the worst thing. Ghosting candidates or not providing feedback, enough feedback. You know, I, I will say having been an internal recruiter, and this is a little bit of like you know, sort of behind the, the glass or uh, behind the, what is the yeah. wizard of Oz, the
0: on uh, the screen or screen? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Um, you know, when, at one point in time, I had 65 positions, just, just me alone. Wow. And you think about, Two to 300 or more applicants per position. I can remember being on the train when I lived in Philadelphia and just going through resumes and, and trying to, you know, highlight the, the ones that I was able to phone screen and the ones that I had to reject. And it's honestly a product of just those recruiters being completely inundated. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, you could hire obviously more recruiters or have a recruiting coordinator. Um, you know, I've always been very, you know, when we were, when I was at Spark, which was another local software company, and we were hyper vigilant about this because we were so focused on our brand. But then you get to companies like, you know, Amazon or, you know, thousands of employees and you're getting thousands of applicants or hundreds of thousands of applicants. It's just not sustainable to have that personal touch every time. You know, I feel like, no. Hopefully that can change. But you know, I think especially as the market gets more flooded with candidates and applicants, it just continues to snowball.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully that gives people insight into what's actually happening. It in my experience, and I've I've watched, you know, even some companies that I used to work for. And frankly, like my own company, we struggle with yeah. it at times, right? Some of it is systems and it's not malicious though. It's uh, just yeah. it's maybe more not to be too negative on it, but it's maybe it's more just a lack of systems and process and maybe a little bit more just aloof about being able to keep up with it all. It is.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I, I will say too, I think the other like specific feedback, like companies are worried about providing too much detail on feedback of why a candidate was not selected because of EEOC compliance and ensuring that everything is equitable, you know, so there's that side of it. Yeah. Um I think what what we always advise especially with our hiring managers or recruiters is do what you're going to say. Like if you say you're going to follow up with someone or in the moment, I mean I've always been of the belief like if I don't feel like you're right for the job at that moment, it's I will say, "Hey, I just don't feel like this is the right fit at this time. Let's stay in touch. There's other opportunities." Um but I just want to be transparent that you know, your skills aren't aligning. And, and I can tell you that we're not going to be moving forward with an interview. So I think people will just appreciate the honesty more than anything, even yeah. though it may be a letdown on that first call.
0: Well, I, I've even done that on interviews that are well beyond the first call. And yeah. just just to just to give the real-time feedback and say, look, I, I just don't think this is a fit for you. And that's, a, it's okay. Like we may have other opportunities for you. I like right. you as a person, but most of the time, but you know, it's, I think it's okay to give that feedback in in real time too.
1: I do too. Otherwise you have someone sitting by their computer waiting for the answer where, you know, I think they appreciate that real time information, you know, it takes them a lot of time they can move on to the next.
0: Well, it's Mm -hmm. definitely uncomfortable for a hiring manager because like, they're probably gearing up for the performance conversation they have to have with their actual team members. Right. Right. To be able to give that in the moment feedback is really Really critical. So on, on that, if we could go on that tangent just mm-hmm. for a second, um, you know, we talked a little bit at the beginning about, you know, having your recruiting, like treating your recruiting team as a partner for a hiring manager. But yeah. if I could go off off script with you a little bit, do you have like recommendations for leaders who may be le- listening to this, who sure. who are recruiting, like how, how do you advise them to be a good partner back to the HR person or the recruiting team that's helping i oh,
1: so glad you asked that question. Every recruiter out there is just like <laughs> really they're gushing right now. Yeah, they're gushing. It's like, <laughs> you know, I, I will say, I mean, my, my best hiring managers um, would give me that, that real, te- that feedback, like they would literally walk out of the interview. And I think it helps for a number of different reasons. Number one you're going to remember it. You're going to remember why and the specific feedback, all that, whether it's in person or obviously, you know, over email, just do it as as quickly as you can within the hour. Because if not, you're fighting the next fire, you're having that performance conversation. And then you just forget, like, I can't actually remember why we're moving forward or not moving forward with this candidate. So um, that feedback loop as, as quickly as you can, you know, provide that to your recruiter. Because we're measured on time to fill, you know, all those metrics that we're measured on. And the longer a hiring manager takes, you know, or honestly, just you may lose that candidate. Let's say you love them, but you get yeah. pulled into something else for the next three days. Here I am, Christina, waiting on this feedback. I have this great candidate. You're like, oh, I love them. Let's move forward. Well, they've taken another job, you know? Yeah. And so I think that, that speed to market, whether the market is saturated or not, I feel like if you find the right candidate, move on them, you know, everyone appreciates that. I'm not, I'm not saying rush a hire, but have the efficiency and the speed to hire if you know that you're moving to the next step.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, so so critical. And I think that the thing to realize for hiring managers is that recruiters are, they're certainly not going to have the same level of depth in your functional area. Mm-hmm. These are probably working across multiple functional areas. So they're pattern matching. Oh, and yeah. to be able to pattern matching, it's like training a, an algorithm, right? You have to get feedback
1: from yes. the person
0: who is closest to the functional skills that you need so that they can go pattern match better next time and move quickly through that. So- that
1: better myself. <laughs> you know, like from the beginning, if there's an intake conversation, tell me about this job, tell me about the type of individual- or tell me about the entire team you're building. Like the more information, the better, so that I can then accurately go out into market and speak about the opportunity. Talk about what we're looking for. I mean, it just makes it such a a better relationship, and and yeah. it's gonna it's gonna yield a better team for you. So why not invest in that?
0: Yeah, and if your recruiter is is recruiting for a lot of different positions, like you said, you had 65. Well, if I'm the hiring manager and I've gone and sat with you or had a zoom Mm -hmm. call with you and spent time with you explaining what the role is and telling you about my team like you're probably going to be much more likely to sell hard for sure position (laughs) harder because it's like yeah i've met jay and i know his team's awesome and you know so like there's all these you know other elements to to you get into it what you put out of it as a hiring manager i cannot stand when i i hear people say oh like recruiting isn't delivering me candidates or this or that i have so many questions about the person who says those things yes. when they say those things, right? Because it's just like, okay, you're a hiring manager and you're not taking responsibility for your own outcomes.
1: Yeah, it's a two-way street. I mean, like like most relationships in business, it should yeah. be a two-way street. And I, I believe that on the candidate side, I always tell candidates, this is a two-way street. Like you should be asking me as many questions as I'm asking you. And then internally, you know, if you're working with a hiring manager and, and for us also with a client, like, yeah, I mean... Clients that tend to give us great feedback and that take the time and care and feeding, they do get our attention because it's it's a more, you know, symbiotic relationship.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Not rocket science.
0: <laughs> no, it really, it really isn't, but it's it's so key. And it, by the way, this goes for every other aspect of business too, right? If you if you are trying to figure something out on the revenue side of things, you have to use your, you know, your RevOps team as a partner or your finance team as a partner. Okay. Like the, the more we collaborate with, with our peers and our operational support teams, the better off. Yeah. yeah. Seek We're first to leaders.
1: understand, right. Then be understood. Yeah. And and I yeah. think that's a, a big part of, like you said, any cross-functional job that you have is seek first to understand versus being understood. And then you have, I think that, that just sets the foundation.
0: That's such great advice. And, and I, I think, um, um, yeah there's a, I've worked with somebody, I don't know if you know this guy either, I won't say his name out loud, but um, who used to say like, you know, whenever you have an idea or whenever you think you know how something works, just sort of assume that you're wrong first. So this goes to what you said about seeking to understand right and then then validate and then correct them if it's, if your understanding is wrong, but yeah, no, that's, that's such sage, sage advice. So, um, all right, cool. So one more, one more area to, to hit and then we can, we can wrap it up, but when you think about, um, all the people that have been let go, I know a lot of people worry, like you said, it's an emotional blow as much as it is, you know, a hit to the compensation and in their career path, sort of, um, their, their trajectory there. But what advice would you give people who are looking for jobs right now who have recent recently been let go?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, um, you know, I think we, we just touched on it briefly at the beginning of our conversation, but LinkedIn, I've seen it, I've been a part of it, I've been connected with people, make it public. I mean, I know it's it's also a little bit of like an embarrassing situation for some, right? I mean, yeah. I think some people hear layoff and they think, well, I was not part of the top performing tier, which is not true. Um, and so I think when you make it public and you ask for help, you know, and, and most people are willing to to put it out there that they're they want to help. Um, they'll be at tagging and, and I've seen prime examples of people getting hired within two weeks just by doing that by being connected leaning into their networks I mean LinkedIn I think has really um you know just the connections that you have right it's yeah. it's been phenomenal there's a lot of slack communities as well so tapping into those slack communities um slack has also been you know there's job, um, job hashtags, you know, job channels or job postings that you can actively, I mean, it is, it is a bit of your own effort too. You can't expect to just fall into your next role, but I think the more active that you are in treating that like a job and, yeah. and being, you know, very protective about where you're going next and not, and also not just taking the first thing that comes is, is important to identify really what you're looking for. Um, and I think just thirdly, you know, the last thing I'll say is this is also maybe a time if you're, you've are you ever wanted to get a certification or go to a boot camp, you know, I mean, I know not everyone has the opportunity to do that. If you have a bit of a runway, my husband's a prime example. He was in a totally different career. He was an on-air meteorologist and became a software engineer. And, you know, it was just kind of a time in our lives that wow. he was able to do that and looks and, you know, he looks back and he's like, I can't believe you know, I was able to do that, but you're so much happier. So like, you can also take this time to maybe reskill yourself, find something else. A lot of times, you know, we're given things that happen to us for a reason, whatever your beliefs are. and, And I think you can, you know, turn that into something positive.
0: Yeah, that's such good advice. I think the making it public part is really, is really interesting in particular. And, And doing it in a way that's constructive, Mm -hmm. Uh, it doesn't sort of seem, you know, backbiting to your prior employer, however bad it was, right? Yeah,
1: I should have referenced that.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, Yeah. just just keep it constructive. But the other thing is like, be be clear, like if when you come out publicly with it, then you can also say like, hey, this is what I'm looking to do. And if you Mm -hmm. put that in just, you know, not too many words, but enough words that people can read it and understand, then. The the title becomes less in, important at that point. It's like, okay, well, this yeah. person has this skill set and this passion. Maybe I could put them to work in my business doing X, Y, or Z because I can see where that lines up.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's cool. A good point. Yeah.
0: Well, and and the reskilling is interesting too because even if you you know you could go pay for a big certification or do something, but guess what? There's so many resources online that you can oh, go yeah. learn almost any topic that you want under the sun without paying a dime. It's just exactly. an investment of your time.
1: It's so true. There's, um, I think there's Google certifications out there. I saw the other day that I think are free for like UX project management, you know, many different um, certifications that you can get. And Google's just put this out there to the public. And I think there's maybe 10 different classes that are completely free.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. There's so much out there. I mean, YouTube alone, it's crazy.
1: <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right, cool. Christina, thank you for doing this. This is, this is well, great. You. If people want to find you or catch talent, how can they do that?
1: Yes. So certainly on LinkedIn, Christina Locke um, on LinkedIn or catchtalent.com and I'm happy to connect with anyone and put you in t- touch with my great team or have a personal conversation.
0: Awesome. Well, good luck to you all. You've had great success in your business and thank you. You're eager to watch that continue to, to progress, but thanks for taking the time to chat.
1: Likewise. Thanks, Jay.
0: All right. Hey everybody, Jay here. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. You know, this started as a labor of love for Jeff and I a couple of years ago, and it's really turned into a movement around customer success and community, and we couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of it. Uh, we grow this by word of mouth, so we'd, we'd love it. If you're willing and you find value in what you hear on this podcast, leave us a rating or a review on, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It'll help us grow and, and provide value to more customer success professionals. Also, if you haven't yet, please sign up for Gain, Grow, Retain, the online community. It's gaingrowretain.com. You can meet other people, make one-on-one connections, share ideas, get ideas, grow your career ultimately. Um, Be on the lookout also for live events, both in person and virtual this year. We're excited to get back to that. And thanks for being part of the community. We look forward to talking to you soon.